Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Moment Podcast, and I am your host, Diallo Smith. This episode is going to be a little different from the other episodes because this will be a two-part series about friendship. Part one is going to be defining biblical friendship, and part two is diving into the significance of an inner circle. I mentioned before this podcast is all about generating conversation to be in the moment. Well, this friend series is focused on generating the conversation through the gospel and experiences. Now, Mina is no stranger on what it means to have a real biblical friendship. Even throughout these two episodes, you will hear us differ on our boundaries of friendship and expectations. This episode is an opportunity to walk in fellowship with friends in a real way. We talk about the abuse of using the word friend too often, how to make boundaries for friends, biblical demonstration of an inner circle, and how we ourselves need to do better as friends to others. So take a listen to hear Amina's story and wisdom about friendship and an in-depth conversation on our own personal friendship journey. This is episode two titled Friends Series featuring Amina LeBain. Hey Amina, how are you? I'm good, how are you? You know, I'm hanging in there. Um, I am so grateful to have you on today because you have been someone who has helped me to have patience and also grace when it comes to my friends and the people in my life. You are someone who I look at with a really good community and community that knows you and that cares about you. There is an evidence of investment in your relationships. Um, We have in common a deep importance of having real friends, which is why I have you on today to talk about the defining of biblical friendships and shaping your inner circle. Amina is a real friend and is someone I can always count on for challenge, truth, and grace. Our friendship has really kicked off this semester by being in the same places of always challenging our community to hire. So thank you so much, Amina, for coming on today. Can you just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for just the opportunity to like dive into this topic. I think that it's something that I've learned and grown in so much over the years. Um, But yeah, my name is Amina and I am a student at Liberty University. I'm studying interdisciplinary studies in church ministries and religion. Um, And I just really want to use what I've learned in school and just in life to be able to just encourage people um, in all walks of life to follow Jesus and to like really embrace discipleship so and I think that friendship and pursuing friendship and shaping your inner circle is a very foundational aspect in discipleship um so I'm really excited to get to talk about this today yeah and kind of to start off with it um when did you find in your life the first time the importance of friends wow um So for context, I'm an only child, so I don't have any siblings. (laughs) I don't have any brothers or sisters. So I think that that's definitely um, brought about this awareness of like the need for friendship. Um, And so I think I was really, really young. Um, Maybe I would say kindergarten age when I started to realize I wanted friends because I knew innately that it wasn't good for me to be alone. What? age were you when you really had when you really found like a good community and good friends I would say I didn't find my community until I'm 22 now I didn't find it until I was like maybe 20 
2021. Why do you think it kind of took until to get into your early 20s to find a good inner circle of friends? I think a lot of it had to do with, um, one, I think maturity and Mm. experience. And so I think high school is always a difficult time for people to find friends and to maintain friendships. Um, And I didn't like come to know the Lord until I was around 17, 18. So by that time I had graduated high school. And then I went to college here in New York for two years and then I transferred to Liberty. And so when I got to Liberty, I started to really realize the type of community that God intended for me to have. And while I did have friendships at my church um, at home, I don't think that there was intentionality of intentionality regarding creating um, an inner circle or even just biblical healthy friendship um, until I was older and realized, oh, wait, no, like this is something that I have to intentionally pursue. And it's something that I have to figure out um, and look for wherever I am. And so I think that's why it took kind of a long time. Yeah, when you were talking, um, I just thought about it. I probably didn't have, I didn't probably start having like real friends in my life until last year when I was 19, Um, maybe even 18, but I think a consistent group of people that, that had, that actually cared about me and intentionality, kind of like what you were saying was Mm -hmm. probably last year. And it's crazy to me because I feel like even through church and through school, we always talk about community, community, Mm -hmm. community, and friends. But in just both of our experiences, and I know there's a lot of people in the same category, you really don't find um, a true meaning of what friends look like until you're in college. And going off of that, what is a biblical definition of friendship? Because I think people can be mistaken from their high school friends or their friends I've been with them since middle school and in elementary school, um, and then when they get to college, they kind of drop off and they're kind of not there anymore, um, or it's the opposite way around. So what is the biblical definition of friendship? A biblical definition of friendship? Um, I think that that's like, that could get really deep, <laughs> but <I think laughs> like when I think about friendship in the Bible, Um, I just think about what Jesus like tells his disciples before he goes to the cross in John 15. He says, "Um, greater love is none than this, that someone would lay their life down for his friends. And then he calls his disciples his friends. And then he goes and lays down his life. And I think that that's super cool that Jesus like teaches them about friendship for the first time um, in all of his ministry with the example of the cross. And so when I think about biblical friendship, I think, it's defined by biblical love Um, and biblical love is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. Like we know what love is Um, when we look at that whole long passage that Paul talks about. Love is kind, love is patient, like all of these different things that characterize love. But I think that at the, like the baseline, like level foundation friendship in the Bible is characterized by following after Jesus's example and loving the people around us sacrificially And that I think shows up in different depths, depending on like your friendships, the nature of them, and the season that you're in, like what you're able to do in that friendship. But ultimately, I think the reason why we might not find that type of friendship, let's say high school, is because I think for me, I'm going to speak for myself, when I was in high school, I was seeking friendship to fulfill 
something that like friendship couldn't fulfill in the first place and so it was self-seeking i was like seeking it out like i need a friend so that i don't feel lonely um and it was about receiving more than it was about giving and so i think when you look at biblical friendship and the, the examples that are laid out in scripture friendship is all about giving it's all about denying yourself and giving to the person um around you in a biblical way and in a healthy way something that i've been a just kind of learning more of what this word friend means i remember i was having conversations about it in the beginning of the semester but when i was looking at the word friend in the bible anytime that the word friend is brought up there's always this huge significance and like this deep meaning to it um one of the scriptures I found was in Proverbs eighteen twenty four, and it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer um, than a brother. And then all throughout Proverbs, it talks about um, what the word friends, what the word friend means and, ha- and being around um, friends uh, that encourage you rather than friends that do not, mm-hmm. because that is seen as foolish. And I, was even thinking about like how we see kind of to your point of when you're saying that knowing the definition of friendship is knowing God's love Mm -hmm. and Jesus is our friend and I remember in I think it was a Matthew 17 it talks it was Jesus talking to the disciples and he says he tells them um you guys are not my servants anymore Mm -hmm. like once you guys do as my commands you're not my servants you are my friend because you know my business the importance of the word friend sometimes we can overuse it and say everyone is is my friend my friend my friend but actually when you look at the bible and you look at the word friend there's always this really deep intimacy on what that means and it's a responsibility of mm. a mutual love and bearing of one another and it's not something that everyone is necessarily like privy to and that doesn't mean that it's an, like you don't love everybody but it shows that there is a responsibility that's a little bit higher for a friend than just any, I guess, average Joe. Uh, yeah. Do you do you consider a lot of people your friends, or do you only use that word friend uh, for certain people? Something that I like very much agree with you on, which is something that you just said. The word responsibility, um, I think, is very is is the thing that distinguishes between like someone who's your friend and someone who's not. I think that when you have a responsibility mm. to someone in a relationship, they're your friend. And so I wouldn't necessarily um, just call anyone my friend. I think you have acquaintances, you have comrades, you have peers, um, and then you have friends. And so I think that friend, like friendship is a relationship that has a weight and a, a responsibility. Do you think of any biblical friendships? Um, yes, I do. I think about who's you know, like like Paul and Timothy in like their correspondence with one another through letters, like Paul is continuously like giving himself to Timothy and Timothy is continually giving himself back to Paul. Um, in terms of responsibility, encouragement, prayer, correction. That's like one example of Mm. um, a biblical friendship I think another example of biblical friendship we see with David and Jonathan in the Old Testament and I think that there was just like loyalty and um, affection and just care for one another that is very characteristic of their dynamic and their friendship and so um, I think that's kind of like what I 
like look to in scripture when I'm thinking about friendship? You brought up kind of already some of the traits and the questions I was going to ask of loyalty and affection. What are your um, traits that you look for in a friend? I think I really value presence. I think that like your friends should be present. I think that I look for someone who's going to tell me the truth even when it hurts someone who's going to sharpen me, someone who's going to give me counsel and wisdom in areas where I'm probably being a fool in. (laughs) And like, (laughs) you know, I need somebody to to put me in check or somebody who's going to encourage me in what I'm doing and who wants God's will for me. Um, And I think transparency is like a huge thing and um, being able to like bear the other's burdens like you can't be there for your friends if they're not going to share with you what they're going through and you can't um, give them support or give them wisdom if there's not an open door for conversation and so that's kind of like what I look for in friendships I also think that you should be able to like enjoy like eat like the different seasons of your life with your friends and share like the things that God is doing in your life with your friends that's kind of like what I look for in in my friendships what do you do when You've been friends for, with someone and they aren't showing those traits anymore. Do you let them go or do you confront? Um, what does that process look like? I think because this has happened to me um, before, um, I think one of the big things, there are th- three things that I think that you can do in this situation. The first thing I think is um, to be what the Bible calls long suffering And so kind of just like being patient, giving them the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, letting them know how you feel about where your friendship is and where it's going and just being honest with how like the dynamic is going, how it's feeling. Um, And then I think a second thing that we need to remember a lot of the times, which is something that's so hard for me to do, is that like the friendships that I have in my life, like they don't belong to me. Um, they're gifts Mm -hmm. and so like I have to be open-handed with the gifts that God has given me and that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be accountability or responsibility but I just have to know that they're not here for like I don't own them so I don't get to dictate how they are and so people Mm -hmm. are going to change seasons change and like sometimes the people that you thought were going to always be there might not be there and so I think being open-handed in those situations is super helpful to give you perspective like okay is this because someone like they're moving into a different season of life are they getting married are they moving are like Mm. is that is that what's happening and so like I want to make sure that I'm going to be the friend that wants what God wants for you more than what I want for the friendship and then another thing is is there something that can be worked on mutually um I think that giving up so quickly doesn't give the do the friendship justice and so I think a lot of the times when you're trying to figure out like what's going on with the friendship and the things and things aren't different aren't the same anymore they're kind of changing um Mm. you almost have to like really just assess it for what it is like is it like that I have expectations of the friendship that the other person doesn't realize I have and so they're not meeting it and so I don't think it's working out Um, And I think that's the third thing is laying out your expectations very clearly Mm. for the other person so that they know what you're looking for and they can tell you whether or not you can do that, they can do that for you and then vice versa. I think the expectations is so good. And that's something that before 
before this, the reason that kind of like sparked this idea to do an episode was you asked me a question, like, did you tell the people that you're frustrated with, your friends, mm-hmm. about your expectations? And it's something that I feel like I have this year now really have done because I I have seen if you do not share the expectations with somebody that you have for them, you're going to be the only one that keeps getting hurt mm-hmm. because they're doing things and have no idea that it hurts mm-hmm. you yep. because you're not saying anything. And so that trait um, of having the opportunity um, to share the expectations and laying it on the table and, and kind of showing boundaries is so critical with friendships. And I also found um, when I was reading uh, the word, uh, I was kind of convicted because, like I said before, this word friend is something that's very deep and intimate. And um, even in Job 16, 20, 21, it says, my intercessor is my friend as mm. my eyes pour out to heart, as my eyes pour out hearts to God on behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Mm. And I was like, again, there's this huge significance and weight of friend. But if I look in my life, and I think this is kind of where I go wrong, and we'll talk more about it of like with inner circle friends and regular friends, I feel like I definitely close off to friends where I'm not um, necessarily showing them this deep responsibility and kind of sharing um, vulnerable feelings. What would you say for someone like myself that is struggling to share and be vulnerable um, with their friends like I could say for myself like I think my friends in this season as we're heading out like to graduate like I think things are shifting this is the first time I've been confronted of having to redefine my friendships Mm -hmm. that weren't from high school and so it's a little harder because these were people that there is history and like we have shared um, uh, deep situations and, and confessed certain things so what do you say for for that transition of people um, that are struggling to share with their friends, but also trying to re- like kind of redefine their friend circle? I would say um, that's kind of what like my first year at Liberty was like, where I was like coming in to a different environment with different friends. And like I was kind of entering into a world where everyone already had their friends. And Mm. kind of, like, leaving behind friendships, like, at home. Or not necessarily leaving behind, but not being there anymore can definitely, like, strain your relationships. Um, And so when you're trying to redefine friendship, I think you got to ask the hard questions. Like, you have to ask – you have to ask the hard questions, but I also think that you have to share your desires for friendship with the people that you're meeting. And sometimes that means like pursuing people, even if they don't look like they're going to pursue you back. And I think I remember there was this one time I had a friend who was just really struggling and she just felt like no one in her life was deep or real or like not like offering her the friendship that she was looking for. And I just remember she was so discouraged and I like had learned to like kind of humble myself like this is so hard sometimes because it's like it feels like it could be embarrassing and it just looks like sad when you do this sometimes but it really is Mm. the beginning of something beautiful if you like commit to it um one of the things I I encouraged you to do was which was something that I did was whenever I'd meet somebody and I started to realize like I kind of want to be their friend I literally would be like hey like 
I kind of I want to be your friend like kind of just really (laughs) telling them like I want to be your friend and I would like for our friendship to look like this like kind of just like Mm. creating a vision for the friendship um I think that's the beginning of redefining friendship or kind of reestablishing biblical friendship is to like look through scripture look at what God wants for you in a friendship and look around you and look for people who look like they would add value to your life with the Lord and not steer you away from his will for your life and then like tell those people hey like I'm looking for friends I'm trying to kind of redefine what friendship looks like and I've been spending time around you. I see that you love the Lord, whatever you see in the person, and then like begin to show them your vision for friendship. I would like for my friendship to look like X, Y, and Z. And then they can kind of respond to you and tell you what they think. But I think that that's the beginning is like just pursuing, being honest, and like laying it all out for people. Um, I think that helps a lot. Where have you fallen short as a friend? And how have your friends kind of come around you and and help you or did they not come around and help you I think that one of the ways that I've fallen short as a friend is I'm the type of person I think that like proverbs warns about like running away from wisdom (laughs) (laughs) that's me (laughs) it's like if I know you're gonna tell me the truth I, I just might not be around for a little bit because like, I, I just don't want to um, just like can be confronted in those ways. But at the same time, I really like enjoy confrontation. It's this like weird love-hate okay. relationship. So whenever I'm trying to figure something out, I think I want to figure it out by myself. But like people have already told me what's wise. And so I'm really just exposing myself right now, but I Come on. like really have struggled with um, just allowing the people in my life to pour wisdom into my life because, mm. because I think I value people's opinions too much. And so wow. because I have just like this people pleasing tendency Though instead of me telling the person, hey, like, I really want your wisdom, but at the same time, I don't want to esteem your wisdom above what I, I'm trying to figure it out, figure out at the same time. I never, I never communicate mm. that sometimes. So what I do is I run away from it. And okay. so then they're like, hey, Mina, where are you? Like, where have you been? <laughs> like, you're distant. Like, because I'm a very, like, consistent pursuer. But then if I'm not, it's because usually I'm hiding um and that was something that a lot of my friends brought to my attention they're like hey like we want to be around you and we want to pour into your life but like you you're distracting yourself by trying to avoid our our wisdom or our counsel and so I think that um a lot of what I had to do was just be honest and say yeah hey guys like I struggle with pleasing you in your opinions because I care mm. so much about what you think and I want you guys to always think well of me that I I think too much of what you have to say to me. And so because wow. I was able to be transparent about that and because I was able to confess that sin to them of just like really like not being loving and kind of just being selfish, they were able to understand where I came from and then they would offer me wisdom in a different way. 
Um, or we would just talk through like, how can we navigate conversations of advice without there being a tendency to like maybe suggest something that might not be in the cards for what I want to do in a situation. Um, and so I think I've fallen short in just communicating when I'm afraid. Yeah, and it sounded like they there was grace and then there were boundaries established yeah. in that situation. What? How do you differentiate grace and boundaries? So, like, let's say if someone is you've confronted them and they continually, like in this example, if you kept doing that over and over and over again, how do you say as a believer, like, not cutting off someone? how much grace you give, but also saying this is a boundary and you keep abusing it. Mm. Like, like, what does that consequence look like? A lot of the time when that happens, it's like if I were in that situation and someone kept abusing maybe just like a boundary that I had set, I would kind of, I think, create a space where that was no longer an aspect of our friendship. Um, so let's hmm. say there's an example. Um, let's say I have a friend who comes to me for advice about a specific situation. And every single time I give them advice, they act like they're going to receive it. And then they don't do what I ask them to do. Right. Like, let's say like they like I find what they need to do in this in the word and I give it to them, but they don't do it. And then they keep coming back to me with this situation and let's say it starts turning into gossip, like they start gossiping. Mm. What I would do is first, what what does the Bible tell us to do? It says, go to your brother and resolve your issues. So you're, I would go to them and tell them, hey, so there's this situation that like we have in our friendship and you keep coming to me about something. I give you advice and you don't listen to my advice, but then at the same time, you're fostering gossip in our friendship. And so mm. that like encounter of of exposing a a work of of destruction or just like something that would hurt or not be healthy for our friendship hopefully that would lead them to repentance i think if it doesn't lead them to repentance and you do what the bible says you bring another person into the situation and you say hey like this person's here to mediate this conversation we're going to confront this issue one more time and then i think that after that if cross that boundary or abuse that trust I would have to tell them, hey, like, I love you and I care for you and I care for the things that you're experiencing, but I don't think I can I can be a listening ear any longer for this situation because it's becoming a habitual sin or it's just unhealthy or it's just draining. Like, this isn't productive and it's not producing any good fruit. And so I'm not going to continue to listen to this situation because I've offered everything I can to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that consequence and drawing a boundary might just be like withholding that specific responsibility to that friendship because it's being abused. Yeah. Um, and that just might change <clears throat> proximity. It might change how often you guys talk. It might change a lot of things. But what it would do, I think, is allow the person to really sit with the consequence of that action. And like they would have to like be forced to work with it because you're not enabling them any longer. I think that's so good. One of the things that I was confronted with this semester was learning that of learning what is grace and also what are boundaries. And so something that I was experiencing was I felt like I've always been the the listening friend. I've always been the one that is asking mm-hmm. the questions all the time. And 
in this part of my life, I needed someone to be asking those questions. I needed not only just like my mentors, but also my community to be asking those questions. And so there came to a point where I was like, I had to confront people and say, look, I need you to really like ask questions and be a listener. Um, and I know that I might've even built this friendship off of just me being a listener and that's how it started. And that was maybe their expectation of how I was going to keep the friendship up, the friendship up. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that sometimes a lot of them, all of them have attempted and have tried and people have answered that and and some people they have been trying but it can only go so far and so what I learned was in order for me to love some of these people well I have to not put them in this category of a Mm. close friend or even um, someone in my inner circle let's say because it's it's blocking me to love them the way I need to because they're again like when we talked about there's there's responsibility of being in that spot there's a responsibility of having that name and just that access in my life. And so I have now just put them in a category of someone that I really care about and, and is a friend and has other things that they can bring to them. Um, but sometimes it might just take when you're facing that just to kind of replace them in your life. It doesn't mean you have to cut them off. I think in the past, what I used to do is say, oh, I told them, I told them, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. But then it's also looking at the good qualities that they do bring into your life and how fruitful that relationship is. And so maybe you don't have them in your inner circle, but you can put them like as a friend or you can put them as someone who is who is like your class friend or someone that you go to Bible study with, like these different categories and spaces where you guys can connect well so you can be able to love them well. Yeah. One of the things I we also have in common is that we're both introverts and so <laughs> again I just don't know why this semester was just a semester where a lot of revelation was happening and a lot of frustration was happening when it came to my relationships yeah. and so I was made very aware how much of an introvert I am and how all my friends are extroverts um, besides you and probably one other person so how do you have the capacity to love your friends well as an introvert? <clears throat> like my introvertedness, like I, I like being social, like I like be- meeting people, but then it gets to a point where like I get overwhelmed by a lot of just like surface level interaction. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a few lighthearted friends that aren't like super deep. Right. I think that adds so much value to your life because I think when you're like continually going to deeper, deeper places, you forget how to just be lighthearted sometimes. But I think as an introvert, one of the ways that I've been able to kind of balance or like reaching like deep relationships or having the capacity to do that is communication. Like Mm. if someone's asking me like, hey, like I want to hang out, like, and I just like, I'm kind of at a place where I don't have anything to give. I tell them like, hey, I would love to hang out with you. I'd love to spend time with you. But right now, I don't really think I have anything to offer to the time that we'd spend. Maybe tomorrow, question mark. And then they'll they'll respond. They'll tell me if they can or not. I think that when the people around you know like where you're at in the day, if you're running low, if you're just needing to be by yourself or just needing to be home, communicating that has helped so many of my friendships. 
the be- like one of the cool things is that like two of my really really close friends are my roommates like I live with them wow. and so if I'm home and I think this is like a different like dynamic because I am in my own house and we have a, like a, a deeper like when you live with someone like you really gotta go to those places because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're always with each other and we were in quarantine for like four months over the summer with each other so we had to like learn how to love each other well in that but one of the things is, like, realizing, like, hey, I'm going to do homework downstairs. I'll watch a movie with you, but I don't really think I'm going to be talking as much. Mm. And, like, they'll realize, like, okay, she's not, like, shutting down or doesn't want to be around us. It's just she likes being around, but she doesn't really have anything to offer right now. So she's just going to be here. And so, like, I think when you create those conversations in your friendships and you let them know where you're at, mm. like you don't feel the pressure of doing more than you actually can and so I think knowing your limits knowing that you're human knowing what you're capable of in a moment and then communicating that helps so much that's really good yeah I was gonna say for me it's something that I always felt the pressure of and I guess I wasn't communicating probably until like the very end of this semester um, with my friends but I, w- I just always felt like there's this pressure of always, especially in college, of always being around people, always wanting to talk, mm-hmm. just all these different things. And I think something to remember is like in Proverbs eighteen twenty four, like I said in the beginning, um, in the beginning, it says a man of many companions may come to ruin. And Proverbs always just talks about like who you're in company with and, and what that means mm-hmm. and how if you're just around a lot of different people um, that are not wise or just many people, um, it it can actually be foolish. It's looked at as foolishness. So Mm. learning that, I think I am always hesitant to be in big groups. And I always ask people, like, I ask my friends if they're inviting me to, whether it's a place on campus or if it's off campus or the home, like, who is going to be in there? And I do think it has to be, um, I do think it, like, the root is from me being an introvert. But I also think a lot of it is, kind of what Proverbs is talking about of being in company with somebody that's not just people that you're passing by that's like time of like when you're on your rest time like when you're in company like when you're in a time where you're inviting someone over your home or when you're in a time where you can just relax like who are who are the people that are around you and so I've been very strict in a sense of who is around me because I can if I'm just around any and everybody they're I almost could not have the capacity to be in company with with people that um, I didn't know or or with or with ignorant comments that might be shared in like in a social event. Um, and so I did have to make that vocal um, towards the end, but I saw myself struggling a lot um, on campus and with my friends because mm-hmm. it almost made it seem like, I felt like I was being high maintenance. Do y'all like, why can't you just get it together? <laughs> but it really is. It's just being a better communicator of where you're at so that the so that your friends can see, okay, this is like where the space he's in right now. And so we're going to be able to create an environment and not put him in positions where he may feel like that. And I saw yeah. um, some of my friends, what they did, they invited me over their house. We only have these people coming like they're all your really good friends like it's going to be a really restful night and so I was really thankful Mm -hmm. because I think that's the the fruit of 
communicating with your friends about where you're at is that they can be able to step in and to create an environment for you where you're comfortable and and also they're comfortable. And so that everyone is having this sense of, again, responsibility and compromise of getting what they want and also showing love um, to each other. Also with that, uh, what is the misconception of not always wanting to be friends with everybody? And also still loving people. I think sometimes there can be a misconception of, oh, if you say you don't want a lot of new friends, you don't want to be around a lot of new people, um, that means that you don't love people. What Do you agree with that? Or do you think that that is a flawed statement? Uh, I think that's not in the Bible. So <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> because, oh my gosh. Um, I don't really think that there is any prerequisite or condition in the bible to love like god doesn't say love your friends or the people you really like or people that you're super compatible with like he tells us to love our enemies so yeah i think it's very okay to love people the way that god calls us to love people and not produce a deep friendship with them Hmm. because i think the reality is that we can't we actually cannot be friends with everyone um and, like, my mom used to tell me that all the time. She's like, Amina, not everyone's your friend. Like, you don't have to be friends. You can't be friends with everyone. And when we look at um, Jesus' life, like, on earth while he was a human, like, he couldn't even be friends with everyone. Like, mm-hmm. he was only one person. But he did love everyone. So he wasn't friends with everyone, but he loved everyone. And he yeah. even loved the people who killed him. And so <clears> I think with with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can love the people around us well according to how god calls us to without feeling like we have to be friends with every person that we love because i think we have to remember ultimately that friendship is a tool for sanctification and so like god should be the one who's choosing our friends for us Mm. um because they are like vital to our growth as believers and they should be a reflection of god's friendship to us And so I think we need to like release control and realize that God is the only one who is able to be friends with everyone and that you can love people so much better when you understand how human you are. Um, And you just can't seek to please every potential friendship because that just gets exhausting. Um, And we're just incapable of doing it. Like to even think that we could is just, I think, prideful to think that we have the ability to be friends with everyone. We actually, we actually cannot. But I think that loving everyone is a completely different category because yes. we're called to, that's like our purpose. Yeah. <laughs> to love our neighbor. Like that's just the commandment. You just do it, be obedient to it. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference of loving people. That's something that, it, like you said, like that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the commandment we're supposed to follow. Uh, and then also being a friend to someone. And sometimes if you're a friend to everybody, then it actually makes it harder for you to love people, which is the commandment that we're held responsible for. And mm-hmm. that's like why we're here. And so you do have to be very careful um, with understanding that just because you love people or just because you have a smaller group of friends, that doesn't mean that you're not a loving person, that you're not loving well. Exactly. How do you help somebody who may be listening and is thinking I, like they're in a friend group and they're unsatisfied but they don't want to risk the fear of being lonely Hmm. so i'm gonna like poke at your scenario why are they unsatisfied um they're unsatisfied because 
Um, <laughs> uh, they're unsatisfied because they feel like their needs, uh, let's say, aren't being met, but they're also being abused with this mm. with this group of friends. And so they're overlooking them and they're not having the responsibility of what the biblical friendship means. Um, and so they're just like not being supportive. They're not showing love. And they've this person has confronted these people and there's still no change. But the, again, they don't want to risk the the possibility of being lonely and not having that group of friends so i think that there's a verse in proverbs that talks about the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses from the enemy the enemy yeah yeah that verse i so i think that like when you're in a situation where you're like I've been in a situation like that where I realized, like, I don't think that this is good for me. I don't really Mm. believe that these friends are for me. I don't think they're leading me to Christ. Actually, I think when I'm around them, I'm more in the flesh than than any other time. And so, like, there was this tension. There's that real tension, I think, when you're like, I don't, I actually love them and I, like, care about them and I want to be there for them. And then you start putting these expectations on yourself. I'd be a bad friend if I leave and all these different things. And so I had to kind of come to a head, like, like the tip of the iceberg and say, like, you know what? Like, I, like, cannot continue to compromise um, mm. just, like, living in a way that like God intends for me to live because I just want to like, like fight against the risk of being lonely. Um, I have to believe, I think this is where faith comes and I have to believe that God has people that he desires for me to be around. I just don't know them yet. And so Mm. in that situation, I think there is the risk of being alone, but like God also says that it's not good for man to be alone and he is a provider. So if I believe that God's word says it's not good for me to be alone and he is the one who provides for me he knows what i need then i need to look at my circumstances and say yeah i'm i'm trying to control this situation and i'm trying to sustain myself by staying in this relationship and i'm not really believing god for what he says and mm. so that risk is really just faith like you have yeah. to take the risk and believe god and so i would say that person should walk away from those relationships take a step back and then begin to really like look to the lord to provide for you the friends that he intends for you to have because when you're risking like let's say you're risking like loneliness i think you're also robbed you're being robbed of what god's will could be for your life by staying there and so taking a step back and believing the like what god says and then trusting him to fulfill his promise to you and waiting on him and sometimes the waiting is lonely and sometimes it's really like hard it's a difficult season but it's also a season where god is very very present and sometimes you right you might have to go through that transition of bearing um the weight of loneliness but not alone because the lord Mm -hmm. is with you in it and waiting yeah. for his desire for your life to come to fruition without trying to tamper with something that's not even producing his fruit. Wow. Uh, when did you feel lonely in your own community? I felt lonely in my community when I started to um, face and experience things that my community didn't or couldn't understand. 
I think that when you face certain things or you experience things, you have difficult trials and the people around you don't really know what that's like. It can feel lonely um, mm. because you can try to share it with them and you can try to explain it to them as much as you would like to. But like, it's also like, I had to come to a realization that like the people around me cannot meet that meet every single one of my emotional and spiritual needs. That's not their mm. responsibility. And so the loneliness, I think a lot of the time came from me expecting them to completely understand me all the time. Um, and it was like a season of my life where I had to come to terms with the fact that a lot of times like you can have the most beautiful community around you but if Jesus isn't your life source if he's not your rock if he's not your friend then all of your Mm. friendships all combined added up put together will not um, amount to who Jesus intends to be to me and so I think I kind of had to sit in um, Hebrews chapter three, which talks about Jesus being the suffering savior who like he's, he's the high priest that is able to empathize with us because he has been tempted in every way yet without sin. And so when I think about that in my loneliness, I realize you know, I actually like have a friend who understands me completely in ways that no human could ever. And can su- can supply me with what I need to overcome the things I'm facing when I'm alone. And so that doesn't mean that I don't share that loneliness with my friends. And sometimes like I have one friend who she's one of my like closest friends where she's told me like, I mean, I, I don't think I could ever understand what you're ex- experiencing or explaining to me, but mm. she knows who does. And so she believes mm. in him on my behalf. And so I think loneliness in community you can have a beautiful community but I think the places that you feel lonely have to be the places where Jesus touches and he can we have to put all of our expectation on him we can't create greater expectation on man um, because man we don't have the power to do that for each other one of the last questions is I kind of want to end it on A light note, which is kind of reflecting on the blessing of friendship. Mm. If you can think of something like, when did you see God really use one of your friends to help bless you and um, to really like see, see the character of God through them? Wow. I think uh, like the first thing that came to mind, I remember after we did Congo together and like (laughs) when we had found out that it was going to be live the next day. (laughs) <laughs> I was like so nervous and yeah. really just like in my head because I was just thinking about everything I said and like did I say the wrong way all this stuff and I remember one of my friends called me on the phone and she was like hey like I saw that you're getting me on combo tomorrow whatever and I was like oh no like I can't I was just so like I could I couldn't handle it and she was just like hey um can you tell me what your favorite ice cream is and I was like okay like she she knew I was so nervous like she knew I was so nervous I was in my head like I was about to watch it and like I think a lot of times some like sometimes people want to give you like the truth and like she just like knew what it felt like to be in that situation situation she related to me but she just like asked me what my favorite ice cream was and she went to the store and bought me ice cream and a bouquet of flowers 
she brought it wow. to me and she just like was like hey, I just wanted to give you a hug and like it just made my night it just comforted me it it like it gave me peace like I just knew like I didn't need to worry it was just like look at how near the Lord is to me that like it mm. wasn't about what I did because I think a lot of times I I put a lot of value like what did I do did I do it right is it is it okay yes and right. I think in that moment, the Lord reminded me, like, no, I just love you. Like, I just, it's not what you did today. It's not what, how I used you. It's, it's just you. I love you, and I care about you, and I know you. And I think that one act of just bringing me ice cream and flowers just meant, it meant a lot to me. It sounded like in that moment, like, you just needed comfort. And God used that person to show you comfort through their intentionality, um, just by giving you ice cream. And so that's amazing. Yeah, what about I love you? Uh, I was thinking about it. I think probably I had one of my friends, I had a really rough week. I can be someone who's like really good at hiding my my emo- my negative emotions, mm. I think sometimes. And so I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to be in my room. Like I'm going to be in the dorm. It's fine. And come outside. And I was like, man like what do you want like what's like it's my sabbath like i'm trying to you know all these different things yeah. <laughs> and um he he got me my like he got me chick-fil-a but the thing that kind of really that was so intentional about it was in the beginning of the year we wrote down um how like if we're down what are things that we oh. um that we would want and so one of the things i mentioned i was like i love chick-fil-a and i, ha- I like to have buffalo and ranch sauce one of each and I like to have my drink of half Powerade half Sprite and so when he gave me the Chick-fil-A and it was the half Powerade half Sprite with the buffalo and ranch sauce wow the intentionality Mm. um and and so in that moment I it, it it opened up for me to to apologize and say like I'm I'm sorry for shutting you out but I'm so thankful that like in that moment I feel like God's character showed that there was still a pursuit and so even though how much I was pushing him out and saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, um, I could see God's hand of saying, like, I'm still going to pursue you mm. even when you don't want me around, even though you don't want community. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was a highlight. That's so good. Come on, intentionality. Uh, can, we love that. Yeah. Uh, Amina, can you just close us out in prayer and just be praying for our own community, but also someone who's listening who doesn't may not have a really good community and and just praying that we can strengthen our friendships and growing to love one another yeah absolutely dear heavenly father um i just thank you so much god for the way that you have been a consistent dependable and faithful friend to us um god i just want to thank you for the ways that you have just touched our lives through the friendships that you've gifted us with lord and um just the the ability and the strength to be friends with people, God, the way that you use the friendships around us to sanctify us and challenge us and grow us and strengthen us. God, I thank you for even my friendship with Diallo, Lord, and how um, it's just been one of the friendships this year that have drawn me closer to believing you and loving you, God, and, and just growing so much more to look and be like you. Lord, I just thank you that we get to talk about this topic, that we get to um, just sit and remember all of the ways that you have just been faithful to let your word come to life in our lives through the people that you've placed around us. 
I'm going to just ask God that you would continue to bless our community, bless our friendships, continue to use our friendships, Lord, for your for your glory and for our good, God, that we would be open to the ways that you desire to teach us through our friendships, um, and that we would just be humble and remembering that that they belong to you, God, and that um, you, only you are able to give um, good gifts, God, and that we would remember that the people around us are are precious gifts from you, God, that are that have been so intentionally placed, God. And so, Lord, I pray for anybody that's listening, Lord, and anywhere um, around us that we know who um, doesn't have that type of community, that doesn't have um, those types of friendships that are just um, full of light and a reflection of who you are, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would encourage their hearts, that you would remind them of how faithful you are, and that you would remind them um, of your will for their life, God, that you said that it is not good for man to be alone. Um, and even what we talked about tonight, that you are a provider. And so, Father, I just pray that you would yeah. um, begin to touch the lives of the lonely, God, first with your presence, because um, if we don't ha have you, we don't have anything. Um, and that you would just um, just pour out your love to those people and that you would just comfort them and remind them that you um, are a good God that gives good gifts. And I just pray, Lord, that you provide for them friendships and community that will pour into them and bear burdens with them and rejoice with them and weep with them and um, tell them the truth and that you would use them in, in return in, in the friendships that you place in their life, God. And I just pray, Lord, that all of our hearts would be molded after your own, um, that we would truly look at our friendships and remind ourselves that it is better to give than it is to receive. Um, and that yeah. there is no greater love than laying your life down for your friends, God. And so I just thank you, Lord, that you count us as friends, that you laid your life down for us, um, Jesus, and that you have imparted us with the strength to be able to follow in your example to the people in our lives, God. We just thank you. We ask, God, that you use this podcast to just bless people and encourage them and to yeah. hopefully be a tool, God, that will lead them deeper into a walk with you. But even more in your will, God. Um, we love you, Lord, and we, we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this entire episode. I pray you are able to walk out with a new perspective and maybe even some homework. Thank you for being in the moment with us. If you're not already, follow us on In This Moment Podcast on Instagram and share this moment with a friend. See you later and stay tuned for more episodes.